This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Welcome to this week's show, locally created, nationally celebrated from our Northwest studios, from the Northwest of the Southeast. This is America's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on mobile, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen. And uh, Megan is here from mummytravels.net as well for the whole show this week. Uh, it's been a whirlwind two weeks i have been traveling everywhere it started off with the lincoln aviator trip then it went to pebble beach concord de elegance which is where the rich and famous go uh, i managed to sit in chris jenner's car she bought a new rolls royce cullinan and then i also went to uh Ojai, california for the subaru and banff canada for a uh, test drive of volvo so i'm i'm pretty dizzy this morning uh, have you guys got any Dramamine? Do you know what time settled? zone it is? <laughs> I actually do have some Dramamine. You do? <laughs> is that because you have to sit next to your son while he drive, test drives cars? Yeah, somewhat. <laughs> uh, you should drive with Jen. She's pretty uh, sensible. Thanks. You don't go crazy. You have these big, powerful trucks, mm-hmm. big, powerful cars, mm-hmm. and yet you drive like a mature lady. I've mm-hmm. driven with Jen. Unless you make me mad. (laughs) Oh, well, there's a red flag. Megan has driven with me. Oh, yeah. When? When Uh, We went to a Toyota event where we drove a Toyota Prius all-wheel drive. Uh, Prius, all right, there you go. And then we also drove the RAV4. Which which RAV4 was it? The Adventure, I'm going to guess. Because you were on ice. The Adventure was there. It was. Were you on ice? We did the Adventure in the Limited. You drove on ice, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. And our instructor hated me. He loved her, hated me. <laughs> no, Is that, that true? the first instructor, the second instructor liked you and hated me. Yeah. Oh, well, as long as the hate is even. Yeah. I guess we're all good. Worked out pretty good. They did spread it around quite well. <laughs> Spreading the hate, <laughs> Megan and Jen. I'd like to emphasize that this was not someone from Toyota that was doing this. Oh, yeah. It was <clears throat> someone else. Yes. All right. Well, that's good. Hang on a second. I'm going to turn your, lean up and turn your mic over because you're quiet. Uh, so, car stuff. Uh, I really enjoyed the Lincoln Aviator. Uh, it has some amazing new features, like? including phone as a key. No longer do you need a key. You just have your phone in your pocket. You walk up to the car. It greets you. It kneels, so it lowers itself what? so you can get in. It turns the lights on, the mirrors come out, it welcomes you into its warm, embracing arms. But the coolest feature in this vehicle is the fact that it has a button, and I stress the fact that it has a button on the door on the driver and passenger side, so you can just press it to turn on the seat massages. And why is this amazing? It's amazing because usually you have to get knee-deep through menus to find the seat massaging. (laughs) The second you hit that button on the door, the menu pops up on the center screen, which is, uh, again, incredible because no longer do I have to have numb bum syndrome while I'm driving. (laughs) Hit the button and you get that pulsating, massaging, finger-type feeling. You don't uh, have real problems, Nick. I don't? <laughs> no. 
Numb bum syndrome is not a real problem. That's not a real problem. If you've ever had to drive like 15 hours in a car. I had to drive 15 hours in a car with would you. Would you have liked to... Ba- oh, that's mini takes a state, so you're talking about. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah. Would you have liked yes. a back and, and, and bum massage? Yes, and you refused to give me. <laughs> no. <laughs> it would have been fairly inappropriate. I know. Plus, the car's just too small for that. Um, so, a larger car, it would have been fine, I guess. Uh, yeah, it, it's just that's one of the great features. It has so many really cool features. It has this air glide, so it uses the cameras up front to look at the road and see a bump coming up and set the suspension so you don't feel it. I mean, oh that again gosh. is amazing. That is amazing. Why should your backside be bumped around when the car can then mitigate against numb bum syndrome, against? bumps in the road again i can't that, think of a reason why not no me neither uh that's the first one we can continue going bamf i went to bamf to drive the new volvos Ooh. there was four of them the new polestar uh v60 and xc60 uh unbelievable the xc60 is their wagon I am back in love with Wagon. Well, I was never out I, of love, to be honest. That's you one of my favorite wagons. cars. The X, uh, the V60? Mm-hmm. It is amazing. I drove it down a mountain, and uh, that was amazing. We drove it down a ski hill, Golden Eye, Golden, in, uh, in, in Canada. I know there's a Golden Colorado. There's a Golden Oregon. I off-roaded one of them a couple of years ago. It, driving down the ski really hill well. was great. But I will tell you, my hate for cyclists kind of went up a little bit um i didn't realize that you hated cyclists well i don't hate because i like to bicycle occasionally i I have never seen you on a bike motor bicycle (laughs) what happened was i was driving down the hill and uh, these guys uh they take the cable car up they take the gondola up to the top of the hill and then they come down with their mountain bikes which is great they come really fast they're usually young very fit individuals their cars are kind of somewhat their enemy. So as I'm bombing down the hill, oh, by the way, the speed limit was 12 miles an hour, and I may have been over triple that. As I was bombing down the hill, um, I, you know, the cyclists are coming down on there, or the, the off-road biking mountain bikers are coming down on their track. They may have been a little upset with me for the speed and the dust I was creating. Oops. Yeah, oops. <laughs> uh, you don't know them. It's not no. your problem. Well, they were shouting at me and throwing rocks, but, you know, beside that, <laughs> it was, uh, we were okay. We had a good time. And then uh, Pebble Beach, amazing. Uh, got to drive the Lamborghini Huracan Evo Spider. Uh, got sunburned. You can probably look at my face right now and see I'm peeling. Uh, I'm still not quite over that sunburn. Got sunburned with a top down. Uh, saw the brand new Bugatti. The one that sold the, out at yeah, $8.8 8 million. $8.8 million. Mm-hmm. They only made 10 of them. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, an $8.8 8 million dollar car? Yeah, I know, like, it's gorgeous. People with money sometimes. Did just, you see the Pagani? Yes, I, I did from a distance. I saw the new Acura S, the Type S. Yes. Holy hell. Really? That thing is amazing. Oh. That's a car that I could actually afford probably when it comes to market. Okay, you have to uh. tell everybody about the car this morning that we drove in on. Oh, the BMW A8. <laughs> yes, the M850. I wondered if that was your car down there. Yeah, uh, so I've been driving the M850i X-Drive, this convertible BMW. $100,000, just saying. That's yeah. the starting price. I'm sure that one's like 120. I haven't actually looked at the price. Uh, we're going to talk about, well, we'll talk about that a bit later on, uh, coming up on the show. We've got an absolutely packed show for you, including, 
Let me look at the uh, the list. We're going to be talking to Kerry Kim from uh, Order Order by Tell. We're going to have uh, James Hunter on to talk about the XT5. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, IndyCar, IndyCar races and a bunch more. That's all coming up on the show. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. We're going to try a few experiments in, in this segment, swapping our headphone feed over. So if things go wrong, it's all Jen's fault. That is uh, correct. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all the past shows and see our automotive videos and read inside stories about uh, your next ride. You'll find us at ourautoexpert.com. All right, let's. Uh, you want me to switch it over now? Yes. That sounds better, see, doesn't that it? Better? But, but um, here's the problem. If I switch that button over... And we sound better and we don't sound all echoey. I mean, the, the listener doesn't know we sound echoey. It sounds great to them, right, guys? Yeah, look, look all those hands go up around the country. All I could say is uh, I was right. You were right? I was right. Oh, Jen's always right. I know, never. Um, <laughs> she is one of my favorite people in the world, I have to tell you. I get to spend time with her, uh, driving around uh, when we have events. We always try and ride together. And we sing Queen in the car together. Kerry Kim is from Order by Tell. She joins us on the phone to talk about the 2020 Nissan Versa. Kerry, have you missed me? I have. Oh. I really have, Nick. <laughs> I miss you so much. And then I tease you on Facebook, and then you tell me off publicly. <laughs> I love her hair. She, She's got cute hair. Th- there is nothing that oh, isn't wonderful about you. Carrie. I know. She is <laughs> one of the most wonderful individuals uh, in the world. Um, just to let you know, Carrie's husband, Ed, works uh, for another big uh, automotive uh, publication. And um, Carrie uh, was looking at a dog, and she said, Ed's not kind of into it. And so I publicly shamed him on Facebook. Did you get the dog? Carrie, did you get the dog? We're going to go look at him today. Okay. Wow. Ed Kim, I'm going to give out your phone number if you don't let Carrie have the dog. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about other things before we get ourselves too deep in the weeds and into trouble. We drove the 2020 Nissan Versa together in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. First of all, Nashville is the U.S. home of Nissan, so it was in their backyard. But I have to say, so... A little bit of history about this car before we get into talking about it with Kerry. This vehicle was the cheapest sedan in America. Uh, they, I guess we should say the most economical or least expensive. They've upped the price considerably by a couple of grand for this episode, uh, this, this version of the car, the 2020 version. Kerry, is it worth it? I think it is. I really do. Um, you know, the thing is with today's cars, all the safety technology that's available it's really important, and people tend to gloss over that. And I think adding that technology in and kind of baking it in so people don't have to look at it as an option and a way to spend more by just having it available at the base level, I think it really makes it worth it. Does anybody really buy a base car? Because this is my argument. So you go, oh, it starts at $12,500. But the truth is, do people really buy the cars? I mean, I know Mercedes accidentally a dealer ordered a base Mercedes-Benz, an A-Base S-Class, and and they couldn't do anything with it because nobody's <laughs> going to buy a base car, right? So do people, even though they say it starts at twelve dollars or $14,000, does anyone really pay a, buy a base car? I mean, apart from city municipalities who probably buy base cars, does anyone really buy them? I, you know, I would have to look at some data, but I actually think that in this segment that they do buy the base model. I mean, you know, you're looking at these cars as, you know, affordable modes of transportation. And, 
you know, in this segment, in the compact segment, I really think people are looking at at the base price and, and giving it a chance. Yeah, and, and, and now they have a reason to buy the base vehicle because it comes with so many awesome options, doesn't it? Oh, so not, yes, not options, I guess, good. standard features, I should say. Standard. <laughs> what kind of standard right. features? Yeah, Carrie, tell us what you liked about the standard <laughs> features. Well, I really like that big touchscreen that you get. Um, you know, right away you feel like you're not in some econo box rental. You know, it looks really nice. The infotainment is really easy to use. The touchscreen is responsive. So I was impressed with that right off the bat. I think you have just found a title that I should have used in my review. Not your average econo box rental. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know how it is. You know, we've all been in those cars before where you're just like, okay, there's four wheels and a steering wheel. I guess I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing you should say about that is uh, I took my spouse to Hawaii for uh, a birthday and I rented a Mustang convertible. Yeah, it was basically a four wheels and a steering wheel with a top that came down. That's all you got. It was, yeah, it was it was pretty disappointing. I mean, it was a GT, so it means that it was the powerful engine, the V8, but it was pretty depressing. Uh, exterior features of the car, they beefed up the design of the 2020 Nissan Versa and made it look kind of sexy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't think it's sexy. <laughs> I think that the inside efforts were much better than the exterior. I mean, you got to give it a break. It is a huge improvement over the outgoing model. But um, I don't know. Just my personal opinion, the proportion, they're really trying to stay at that same design language of their bigger sedans like the Altima and the Maxima. But mm -hmm. it's, the Versa just looks so scrunched up. <laughs> the proportions are a little off. Do you think so? I, I think the back, the trunk is a bit short. Um, but apart from that, I think uh, the bulbous sort of hood and fenders are much better than the usual square. I mean, there's so much bad metal in that segment. And there's so many yeah. cars. I mean, I hate to pick on them, but the Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi Mirai, oh, hell no. <laughs> it, it, I mean, oh, hell no. I mean, I guess it's inexpensive at $12,000, but hell no. Why? It's yeah. It's no a three-cylinder engine. That's oh, the start. Enough said. I drove it from Carmel to San Francisco. The Mirai, uh, the Mirage, Mirage, not Mirai, Mirage. And um, I had my foot on the hill. floor. Yeah. <laughs> it was like struggling up hills. Um, the engines, <laughs> the engine transmission, pretty good in the uh, 2020 Nissan Versa. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, you know, it, it didn't have that rattle when you got on the freeway at high speeds. Um, it felt pretty smooth. I, yeah, I, that was a big improvement as well. Because I drove the previous um, generation before once. We had this epic IKEA trip where we fit all my office furniture in a little Versa. <laughs> nice. And as I was singing the praises of the cargo space, but um, man, just driving that thing sometimes you're like, oh, hoping the hamster makes it till you get home. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you have you have like a depression hotline that you could call while you're driving. Use the Bluetooth. <laughs> Um, the 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 real cool thing is is about the environmental impact of this too because Nissan turned it around and tried to really lessen the footprint of this vehicle and I guess you know if you just need a commuter car you get an awful lot with Versa uh, and still you get less environmental impact you get good transport I mean I sat in the back seats I wouldn't be a miserable twelve year old in the back of this car why were you in the back Nick. <laughs> Well, Carrie and I had to test out the back seats just for journalism. 
So you have That's to go. Right. You have to go That's sit right. in the back. Mm-hmm. I see. And get in the trunk. That's well, my favorite. Do you get in the trunk of cars? Yes. Uh, I can't see myself actually managing to I, get into the trunk of a car. Oh, I did it at the Ultima Nissan Ultima event. Did you? Yeah. Oh. You could nobody's put me in the trunk. <laughs> Absolutely not. Despite the fact we've wanted to put you in the trunk of a car. We've <laughs> Whatever. <never done> it. <laughs> We're going for cargo Nick, space. I, <laughs> Nick, I, I gotta say, I just looked the car up, and I'm not seeing sexy either. You should look at the old one next to the new yeah, one. Yeah, I like and, the new and one. And it got a massive dose of sexy compared to It looks to really small. It, I mean, well, it's that's... the smallest car. Like, Carrie, there's not... What's in this segment with it? The um, I the am... The heavy accent. Yeah. yeah. The, um, the Toyota Yaris. Oh. Um, what else is in there? This know, is... We're, like, tr- um, we're trying to sell this to Megan. Real. We're trying to sell this to Megan, who's from Texas, and she <laughs> likes big trucks. Those all sound completely unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> but for, what's the starting price of this, Carrie? Uh, I think it's... Fourteen seven yep. is what it starts yeah. at. Yeah, see, fourteen yeah. seven. I mean, uh, wait a second. That's in your budget for Noah. That is in my budget. <laughs> That's in your budget for a new uh, car for Noah. But he's five nine. Would he fit? Yeah, no. Yeah. He's in the oh, front yeah. seat. Yeah, I think he would. Really fit. quite spacious inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a Mustang. I know he wants a Mustang. Dude, his head was almost touching the top of the Mustang we test drove last night. Yeah, they are pretty small inside those Mustangs. Uh, Carrie, uh, do you think? Where? By the way, where can we read your review of this? Has it gone up already? Um, it will be going up. We do have a review up on autobytelpdesk.com, and then we're going to have a video as well. Excellent. I love that pop. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Kim <laughs> from autobytel.com. You can read a lot of the really good stuff that she writes there. And Carrie, it is an absolute pleasure always having you on the show. Oh, well, thanks for having me. Have a great day. We will do. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to drive with you next time uh, we do some stuff. Coming up, uh, we want to talk a little bit about the cars I've been driving, the Honda Civic and the BMW M850i. And Jen's going to tell you how she got the roof up and down in that vehicle. (laughs) It's like magic. That's all coming up on the show. More Our Auto Expert. Don't forget, go to the website, listen to previous episodes of the show and social media. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Welcome back to the show uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Start a conversation with us at OurAutoExpert.com or catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, OurAutoExpert.com. You can hear all the past shows, see our automotive videos, and read inside car stories about our next ride, your next ride, or anybody of your friends' next ride. We will find it all at OurAutoExpert.com. Megan from MummyTravels.net and Jen, Truck Girl Jen in the studio. Um, I will tell you, Banff is a lot of fun for views, but being without cell phone service is tough. You didn't have cell phone Uh, service up there? No, because what happens as soon as you go on those amazing ride and drives that Volvo put together for those vehicles... So what happens, you uh, you seem to vacate the uh, the cell phone areas. I mean, I had cell phone service when we were in the cities, but where we were on the uh, the ride and drives up in the mountains. Beautiful views. Why should I be using my cell phone? Well, I have a business to run as well. So I was going to say, when I drive with you, you make me drive, and then you just 
or on your cell phone the whole time. I wish that I had a staff of a thousand to take care of all these things, but you know, I have the like TV stations calling me like, we can't download this video. So you end up having to send them car videos and stuff. The drive is amazing. The, the performance of the Polestar XC60 and V60, uh, amazing. I've got to drive the updated version of the XC90, which is their full-size SUV. That is amazing. They've changed the grill. Uh, they've updated some of the elements of the vehicle, uh, new wheels, and then we we also got to drive the cross country which is the v60 version that's raised about an inch and it's got cladding on the outside uh it's back it used to be X, xc70 was the cross country but now it's a v v60 cross country i would own either of the v60s absolutely hands down beautiful uh, swedish insides that you know just things like a crafted glass shifter uh, which comes from a really nice um I think it's a glass fashioning studio that's in Sweden uh, that does it. So these vehicles are still, uh, the, the, uh, the V60 put together in Sweden still, but the S60 is now made in, on the East Coast. So South Carolina, I believe. I like the, uh, the way their seats are made. The comfortable. Volvo like the always have comfortable seats. Yeah, they like wrap around you. Yeah. And the lumbar support is pretty good, too. <laughs> it's interesting that uh, when Megan and I talk about cars when jen and i talk about cars uh completely different yeah i mean what what interests especially when i talk to megan the first thing she goes to is there vents in the back so my kids don't throw up and is there enough places (laughs) to plug in their phone and i'm like hey does it go fast hey imagine a trip neck where we drove across the state with them and they didn't have power or air oh my goodness me were you uh were you like wanting to commit some crimes against your children by the time you got to where you were going it would be bad it would just be a disaster is it uh your children are very vocal you've taught them to speak up when they don't like something why yes yes i have (laughs) which i don't like about your kids (laughs) (laughs) you know like they'll tell me when they don't like something i do yeah um yeah i'm they're they're pretty awesome kids uh by the way how are you doing with finding a car for Noah? well we're still looking so (laughs) we went and test drove a mustang last night and he, he liked it, but then uh, we asked for the VIN number so that we could do the... Check? Yeah, where you check... You can see the VIN number on the windshield. It's, it's, you just take I know, a picture of it. I know, but we didn't take a picture of it, so then we had to ask the guy, and he told us that he'd had a small fender bender. Like, the front end of that car was gone in the pictures that we found, so I was like, oh, nope. we can't buy Move this. Move on. Nope. But, it, but it's interesting, like, maybe you know... First of all, he, he told you that when he gave you the VIN number... No, when right before we went test drove it, he said that it had had a small fender bender. Uh, okay, um, yeah, small fender bender and the front missing are two different things. Buying a car is hard. Buying a car is hard, and when you look at those reports, like how do you determine how much damage is too much damage uh, when it's been re- there are repaired? several sites, and we we should we should talk about this and maybe have somebody on there. Several sites that will tell you whether that car should have been written off, what the loss value was from the accident. Oh wow, I had no idea how much less the car is worth uh, now because it had the accident. There are those several Ar- of those websites you can go to. Ironically, the the car that we test drove right before. The one we test drove last night was a Volvo. I used Volvo. And I just really love Volvo. I do, too. It's a well-made car. But also remember, when you're buying the first car for your kid, Jen's been through this. You're about to go through this. The repair bill is an absolute something you have to think about. 
and make sure that the car the cost of ownership of the car that you buy is also the you know not going to cripple you because if you buy a vehicle where parts are difficult where they don't stock them anymore where labor's tough you know something that's complicated that's going to go wrong a lot of times it's going to be expensive to fix right. you have to fix older cars that's just part of life uh, but if you buy an older car that's going to be a luxury vehicle that maybe the parts aren't available for and it costs you, you know, $1,000 to do something that would cost you 180 in a Japanese or American, you know, not luxury vehicle. That's something you got to remember. Hmm. Things Good to, to think about when you buy a new car. Of course, Jen bought an American car for her son, so everything was fine. <laughs> XT5 is a new Cadillac. Got refresh from mid-cycle. We're going to talk to James Hunter about that coming up on our Auto Expert. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Welcome back to the show. Uh, locally created, nationally celebrated from the Northwest and Southeast. This is America's Car Radio Show. But as a throttle, we'll basically talk about it. Uh, I had a lot of fun being in Washington, D.C. area, the vineyards of Virginia, uh, driving the Cadillac XT6, uh, which was a lot of fun. But uh, at that time, I got to see the brand new Cadillac XT5 as well, which uh, sort of was revealed at that portion to us. I mean, it's not the first time anybody's seen it, but uh, this has been a very big winner for Cadillac. Uh, it's sort of that perfect size for most f uh, growing families to get into. Um, and I, I actually probably would own one of these. Uh, I'm a big fan of Cadillac, and since sedans started to sort of drift away uh, in popularity, Cadillac launched the XT5, followed by the XT4, and now the XT6, so they have a full lineup. James Hunter joining us on the phone. Uh, James, has the Cadillac been a, the XT5 been a big hit for Cadillac? Oh, yes, it has, Nick. Uh, hey, thanks for having me, and uh, I'm excited to talk about the XT5, uh, uh, just as we were excited about launching the XT6. But yes, um, the XT5, um, well, we really launched the front-wheel drive version back in 2009, uh, and it was bashed the, X, the SRX, okay? And we changed the name when we went to the C1 architecture for the 2017 model year, where we renamed it the XT5. But over the entire horizon, it's been Cadillac's uh, volume leader, and uh, um, it's been a workhorse for us here in the in the division. And so it, it got a sort of a, a refresh uh, this year uh, for for the next model year. And uh, tell us a little bit about what you changed on the vehicle, because I thought it was pretty perfect, but you updated it a little bit. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, so, um, you know, we've been in the segment for a while now, so... We took all the learnings uh, over, the, over the life cycles. And uh, for the 2020 model year XT5, we kind of focused around packaging, um, technology and features, and refinement. Um, so for the model year uh, 20, we offer um, a new package, what we call Sport, uh, that goes along with the, the premium luxury. And then the Sport and the premium luxury models um, are differentiated by uh, design elements, both exterior and interior, and then also from a performance standpoint as well. So we ushered out uh, the new design language for the grills. Uh, so in 20 model year, you see a new interpretation of the front grill. 
we made uh, uh, the LED headlamps and the LED signature lamps and the LED corner lamps all standard. Um, so uh, the, each model uh, reflects that uh, headlamp setup. And then further differentiation took place on the side where when you look at the premium lux, you look at more of a um, chrome or ornate type appointments in the DLO, in the side molding uh, as such. For the sport model, we kind of focus on more of a stealth, more of a muted look in that we uh, carry over the the, uh, the black gloss uh, molding around the windows that ties into the black grill. Uh, and then we also have specific wheels, new designs for both the premium Lux and the sport. So as you can see, um, although it's... Um, it's not a major. Uh, we did a lot of things from a, a packaging standpoint uh, and uh, to, to create a, a more broader spectrum of product offering to appeal to a broader customer base. Um, I can go on and on and on. We got technology. <laughs> We've got, uh, uh, we added technology uh, and the infotainment 3.5. Everything that uh, we offered in the XT6, we poured it down to the XT5. Uh, we also made a lot of... Uh, uh, safety feature standard, uh, for example, board collision alert with pedestrian braking. Uh, the safety alert seat goes along with that. And we also have uh, features like a telebeam that we uh, we made standard as well. A what? And then the then the refinement comes when we uh, added a nine-speed transmission that uh, allows a more smooth and predictable uh, torque delivery, and uh, uh, it's just on and on and on. So we we from a packaging standpoint, technology and features. Uh, and refinement, uh, we we improved the the ride um, and handling characteristics. Provided more isolation into the cabin by, you know, putting in place noise abate, abatement type initiatives. So, although it again, it's not uh, uh, overhaul. Uh, we took an already good product and made it better. I have a million and one questions. First of all, Megan and Jen in the studio with us here, uh, sure. they, they wanted to know what uh, IntelliBeam was because they, they don't understand what that is. Okay, okay wait a minute. Sure. Wait, wait, uh, wait. I didn't say that. Oh, no. <laughs> Megan, Megan wants to know. Jen's now claiming that she's all good with that. It, it was me. <laughs> okay. You, you okay? I, it's just auto headlamps. Uh, it uh, automatically turns on your your um, high-beam headlamps uh, and turns it off when oncoming traffic. So it, uh, you don't have to activate the switch. What about your windshield uh, wipers? I really like that feature because it rains where I live every day. Oh, yeah, oh but, the rain sense, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the rain sense would auto-dry. Uh, it's it the little things. The, uh, moisture and activates the uh, windshield wiper. And then it also uh, uh, pumps the, uh, the caliber to, to dry off the brake. Uh, caliber, yeah, <clears throat> the drum to, to provide a. Megan likes a it when break. when the car does everything automatically. She's uh, she's much happier that way too, uh, James. The I will tell you that one of the things that are gets, you calling me lazy? Yes, I am calling you lazy <laughs> uh, on the air. Uh, one of the things I love about uh, the Cadillac is doing is where it automatically pairs your phone with a near field communication in the XT6 yes. and the Ford. Does it do that in in the XT5? Yes, it does. Yep, yep. We introduced it uh, with you guys back in D.C., and uh, XT5 features the same uh, same feature, near-field communications, just by tapping the, the logo. Of course, uh, you properly put your settings on, uh, turn them to NFC 
on in your phone settings and just simply uh, hold it up to the NFC and it automatically pairs. It, it's amazing. So I get into these new cars all the time and I always need to pair my cell phone. Uh, with the Cadillacs, you just, I just basically tap my cell phone on the dash on where the, where the sign is and it pairs automatically. But you have an Android. Yeah. Oh, it does yes. it. It does it with yeah. anything that has near field communication. Which it, and the the thing about this is, I use uh, like Google Pay all the time and, and Samsung Pay, uh, so I have my near field communication turned on all the time. So when I tap it on the car, it just does the pairing. And I showed it in the video that I did of the car uh, where we did it on on uh, the Fox Morning News stations, and it, everyone was just like the anchors were calling me going. Wait, you, when you get into a car, you just tap it? Yeah, you do. But for me, it's great because I get into new... I mean, when you have a car and you own it, you probably don't need to pair the car all the time. That is one of the features I love about it. One of the features I was hoping that uh, Cadillac was going to filter out of the X-T6 is the Super Cruise, which is the pretty much uh, the most advanced semi-autonomous feature, uh, semi-autonomous driving. Uh, that didn't arrive in the X-T5. Is there any sign that Super Cruise may drift out of the XT, uh, out of the CT6 in any time in the future? Uh, so, of course, um, this, that's a very popular technology for us, and it's... Uh, 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 groaning great reviews, um, and then we announced uh, the fact that XT6 uh, will also feature, and we are uh, understudying uh, all the opportunities where we can deploy this technology. And at this time, we have no announcements outside of what we've uh, just announced. Uh, but suffice it to say that uh, uh, it, uh, it it definitely. Uh, uh, you know, you know, everybody in the world wants it, James. I'm just telling yes, you. Like, I, I, yep, yep, I, I get it, and uh, that's a good problem to have. All the, so all we're, 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 we're working in trying to prioritize and execute, and I'm sure there'll be more discussions and announcements. So. All right, I'm just, I, I'll, I'm going to hold my breath until you do it. I'm just going to hold my breath until you do it. He's not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, James, didn't you um, add a different engine this year? Oh yes, uh, yep, yep, yep. We uh, again. Uh, we added a two-liter um, turbocharged motor, um, and uh, this engine uh, uh, is offered as the standard motor on our luxury model and the standard motor on our premium luxury model. Uh, so we're excited about uh, this new engine that we will be offered, uh, not on sale just yet. Uh, in another few months, uh, we, we have it in the market. And then, of course, we have the proven uh, 36 uh, that's been a uh, uh, been well received since we launched the XT5, and then again uh, we married uh, both uh, motors with the uh, General Motors uh, uh, nine-speed that's new for Cadillac, and uh, it's uh, it's just a great pairing for for both powertrains. I don't think many people realize that uh, having a a nine-speed makes so much of a difference to driving. Like it's so much smoother. You hardly yeah, notice it, the changes. It, right. Yes, it it, it it provides a broader bandwidth uh, for the development team to really tune in that driving characteristic that uh, uh, that uh, you come to know know as a uh, a pleasurable experience, uh, predictable uh, torque deliveries, linear, smooth, uh, responsive, um, and then they're able to tune in different driving characteristics if you get the premium luxury, or then if you get the sport. Uh, which, uh, which features the twin-clutch sport control all-wheel drive system uh, with the chassis damping control. It just allows them to really uh, 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 bring it home in terms of uh, uh, 
developing the optimum vehicle dynamics setup. Uh, you know, one of the things that's funny for me is that uh, because cars like Cadillac are getting so good now, that um, you know people can be worse drivers and you don't notice so often. <laughs> yes, uh, good point. Uh, good point. Uh, that uh, uh, twin clutch active drive control it kind of makes up for some mistakes if you don't hit the corner right, the apex, and got the right throttle and the right uh, thing going on in in these turns. Uh, we got systems to to help you out there, so you're absolutely right there, Nick. And you can feel it uh, uh, very well too. Uh, you know, very very much when you drive those. Uh, spe- I always see the proof of the pudding of a driving of a car is on a canyon road, and driving those roads, uh, you know, in the XT6, you really proved what a great vehicle it was because we have windy roads up to the vineyard. I haven't driven the new XT5 yet, and I haven't test drove that new engine but i'm sure uh, that's going to be a surprise too and i have to tell you that i'm a big fan of blacking out vehicles now it's sort of the super fashion doing either bronze or black on a vehicle and i love the fact that you're doing that in the sport now because it appeals to sort of a younger generation the older yeah, generation tends exactly. to like the chrome and the younger generation likes the black uh, and it's funny because my spouse likes the chrome and i like the blackout so i painted the wheels black on my <laughs> suv right. and well, well, it, when it, you know uh, in the luxury space um it's all about choice yeah. um and 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 if you plan in in that uh universe uh you want you want a palette uh, so people can uh, pick something that uh, best fit them um and allowing us to uh appeal to a, just a broader customer base and the sport and the premium luxury uh, models allow us to do that excellent james where can we find out more about the xt5 well, Cadillac.com for starters, uh, and uh, you would find more about the all-new, uh, well, the, the, the powertrain as well as the new technologies and the new packaging uh, that we uh, announced for both the XT5 and XT6 and any other Cadillac products that uh, you may be interested in. So, Cadillac.com. Super Cruise, come on, Super Cruise. We want to see that in the vehicles. James. Yep. yep. It's a great pleasure having you on. Thank you for joining Thanks us for today. You and of Thanks course, yep. you, thank you. You can go to our website, ourautoexpert.com, and you can see the video that I did in the XT6, and uh, probably your local Fox station will have it on uh, their website as well. You can see that. Uh, I do enjoy what they've done, and it uh, seems to have come a long way with a lot of the technology in those brand new vehicles. Coming up on the show, it's packed for the next uh, hour or so. We're going to bridge the news, and then we're going to talk about. Oh, Formula IndyCar. We're going to talk about fun facts. We're going to have one of the drivers on. That's all coming up on the show. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. One of the cars I've been driving this week is the uh, brand new Honda Civic. It's a compact car. It's currently uh, a probably getting about a 9 out of 10 uh, on my scale of uh, driving vehicles but that compact car segment which comes back to maybe a first car for somebody to buy for a college kid if it's a new car as a high school student uh, they start you know around eighteen thousand dollars and they go up to as much as thirty five thirty six thousand dollars and it's tough like that segment is really tough it's the Mazda 3 the Kia Forte there is a lot of vehicles in that segment it's very competitive and to actually win in that segment is tough so 
the first few vehicles, I mean, the VW GTI, when you know the price of that is around the same amount of money, uh, and the Toyota Corolla, the Golf, the the Mazda 3, uh, it, it's, a, it's a tough segment, but it's been around since 1972, which is a long time for a car to, to I guess, hold in that segment. Uh, about $20,000, up to 42 miles a gallon on the highway. Depending on what trim level you get, you can get between 158 to 180 horsepower out of it. A uh, 1.5 liter four-cylinder engine or a two-liter uh, engine in that vehicle. I have to say that I do like it an awful lot. And one of the lane watch is something that Honda offer, which they were the first people to do this. And I want to ask you guys, uh, both Jen and Megan in the studio, Megan from MommyTravels.net, Jen, uh, executive producer. When you see the lane watch system, and for those people that don't know what the lane watch system is, if you indicate to go right, uh, it will show your blind spot in the center camera. And then on the center screen from the camera, which is on the right hand mirror. So you can see what's in your in your blind spot. Now, the new generations of this uh, system that appear in other manufacturers, they actually do it in the gauge cluster so you can see it more easily. I think Honda were the first people to do this. And I think it's a brilliant idea. Uh, personally, the light flashing on the mirror takes my eye away from the road to look more right and sometimes you can see it in your peripheral vision but quite often you have to listen for the beep or you have to watch something now to have a vision of that's what's so it's different you know if it's somebody that's indicating and turning right you know oh i can just speed up and get into that lane but if it's a semi that's catching up on you you don't want to go into your blind spot because you're like oh that could be trouble so i like that technology does that do you like it in the center stack have you seen it does it distract you I have seen it. I saw it for the first time recently, actually, and I wasn't the one driving the car, so I haven't fully experienced what you're talking about. I mean, it seems like a good idea, but I could also see where it'd be a really bad idea. I mean, I think that, you know, there's the beep and there's all those sort of things that come with it and the flashing light, but I like to kind of know what's there. And I, I'm horrible with my mirror placement. So when I drive with race car drivers, they don't want, so when I position my mirrors, they don't want to see any of the car. They want the mirror just outside the periphery of the car. I got to see the car. I got to know how to judge that distance. Well, when I, I drive with race car drivers, no, I'm just kidding. I've never driven with a race car driver. <laughs> All right. Your kid's not a race car driver? No. All right. Just saying. I not personally yet. like it in the mirror on the side. You did a little, I think. Because you're used to looking at your mirrors. Okay. Most I agree people, with that. You know? but, but you're a single mom who likes trucks. So you're just not average. Well, and I have car, car too. Right. A Camaro. But yes, I always like to look in the mirror. You're, but what I'm trying to say, Jen, is you're kind of hardcore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, True. you know, I think Megan and I are a little more practical. and We like the we like things easy for us. You are willing to drive a manual, diesel, gritty, you know. No diesel. No? I'm anti-diesel. I can are drive you? a manual. Yeah. I think you could drive a manual, but you wouldn't prefer a manual? Yeah, but what if what would you like your minivan to be a manual? No, oh, right. no, 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 right. no. See, I w- <laughs> that would be that would be horrible. Could you imagine? Well, yeah, well, yeah. it's already bad enough. Let's not make it worse. <laughs> you know what's really bad is I have a six speed. So if you get in a five speed, I always I that always messes me up. Does it? Yeah, five oh. speed manual. Just drive uh, my motorcycle's a four speed. Nice. <laughs> I really just can't picture you on a motorcycle. Oh, Dan. Well, you'll be if you yeah. want to come to my house there, you can see. Yeah. Nah. I um because I know my spouse does not listen to this show, I have to tell you the trouble I might be in today. He's so, gonna be in trouble. <clears throat> I bought a new <clears throat> motorcycle. <gasps> no, you did not. I did. No, you did not. 
So this is Manx number three. three. Oh my gosh, does he know? No. Oh my gosh, Nick, I cannot believe you've done this again. Uh, I may be in trouble. I was in, I was in the car with you the last time you ordered a motorcycle and didn't tell him, and it got delivered, and you forgot it was getting delivered, so he had no idea what was happening. Do you remember this? It was not good. Okay, anyways. Oh, no! Hey, hey Nick, let's tell him about the car that you're driving downstairs. Wait, wait is it going to be delivered today? No, I'm going to pick it up. But oh. I'm dropping one of the other bikes off to be have it serviced, so I I kind of have some wiggle room. No, you like, don't. Do this. Well, I think I will come over. I think I'll record this <laughs> so everyone can see the fireworks. I I don't know how to do this. Um, Is he listening? Um, no. I'm gonna just say it's a loner. You can't lie to him, Nick. <laughs> so messed up, man. <laughs> just tell him the it's truth. Not right. Uh. Okay, can we talk about that car yeah, downstairs? Yeah. All right. You sure you want to, Jen? Before yeah, we do this, yeah. are you sure? Yes. Because I've been messing with you all day. <laughs> Are you I've been waiting on this. I've been waiting on this for. Oh, and you knew about this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm ready to go home now. You suck. So, so we have a, this BMW uh, M850, and so it is gorgeous. Cool. So not cool. And Jen, uh, I said, Jen, just tell it to put the roof down. She told it, and it put the roof down. You're mean. It's not voice activated though, Jen. I was pressing the button in my pocket. You're rude. <laughs> oh. It was kind of fun though. But you, you should, know what? You should tell BMW to get. Get on it. Get a voice activated roof down. Activated. So it yep. has. It's a convertible. It's the M850i uh, X Drive convertible. And Jen's been saying BMW put the roof down and it's been going down. <laughs> and she's like, "This is incredible. How I, the, the, every car manufacturer to have this." And I was just pushing the key in my pocket. You're rude. <laughs> you want to hit me right now, don't you? Nope. You want to slap me? Nope. I oh. think it was cool. It did it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Except I think I messed it up because it's in the parking lot outside the radio station. And I'm trying to close the window now and it won't do it. I'm pressing the button. So now. It's not going. It's done. That's I, what you I get. Broke it. Every manufacturer needs to have that voice activation. Um, for the roof to go up and down? For everything. Open I'm the door. Taking, I'm taking my parents to dinner tonight. and then, Where are you going? Uh, they want to go to an Indian restaurant. And I'm wondering if you think my parents would sit in the back of that car. I don't have any sit. plans, just saying. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you don't. Can you take me to dinner, please, Nick, tonight in the BMW M850i X-Drive? I'm available. There's, uh, there isn't only four seats in that car. That's fine. So it's just Noah and I this weekend. You sit on the, well, my parents and my spouse and you. Oh, I see. Yeah, does that. You Whatever. could ride the motorcycle. I don't know how to drive a motorcycle. You could take you and Noah on the motorcycle. Why didn't you take the motorcycle course? What motorcycle Every course? Every state has a motorcycle course. It's a weekend drive. All right. Is it we free? This is a whole other segment. Coming up, we've got more Howard Auto Expert stuff. Uh, we're going to be talking to more people. And Anton Woolman, our crazy investor. He's going to be up soon. Oh, boy. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Welcome back to the show, nationally created and uh, locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is America's Car Radio Show. And if it has a throttle, you definitely certain will be talking about it. I'm your host, Nick Miles. Truck Girl Jen is in the studio and Megan from MummyTravels.net. Um, I have been pleasurably satisfied by... Oh my gosh, man. <laughs> by all the amazing Lexus and Toyota vehicles to come out. First, there was the Supra. Well, not first. I mean, last there was the Supra, which is a pretty uh, incredible piece of machinery. And then... 
they have come out with some very cool vehicles to add in to the Lexus lineup, uh, which includes the Lexus RCF Track Edition, which I saw unveiled at a recent auto show. Uh, joining us on the phone, Shad Shane uh, from the Lexus College to talk a little bit about this uh, this vehicle. So. Uh, Chad, I understand that there is only one single version of this car in the United States at this moment. Is that true, or do you have others here? Well, I'm not hearing Chad. It's a no. Hey, <laughs> hey Nick. Oh, there you Hi, go. Uh, sorry, we lost you there for a second. Uh, so in the RCF uh, track edition, yes, we have 50 of these coming to the U.S. But you only have one here right now? Uh, we have a couple now okay. um, that are available um, that we have actually at our performance driving school. So you actually get a chance to drive this if you don't get to be one of the lucky owners. Oh, where's that? Uh, that's being held at Laguna Seca, um, where we're the official pace car uh, at that track. And we're really excited to be there because it actually helped with uh, a lot of the development story on the vehicle. Uh, what, let me just tell you, and you may not know this, so we have an event coming up here in the Northwest called Run to the Sun, which is happening uh, in, in a couple weeks' time. And uh, the Lexus has graced us with sending an RCF track edition up for the event. So I'm going to get to drive it in a couple of weeks. I've obviously seen it unveiled, uh, but I haven't actually got to drive it. So I, I, I can fill that portion of this in then. But let's talk a little bit about the vehicle. So. This is this vehicle street street worthy, Chad, or is it something that uh, is for track only? I think that's the best part about Lexus when we build performance cars is the fact that it is for both conditions. The beauty of the RCS and especially the track edition is this is kind of the Spartan grade of the vehicle to take you to work Monday through Friday, drive to the track days on the weekend, drive it all weekend long, and drive home with the exact same vehicle and no need for a trailer. I, I will tell you, it might be dangerous if I had to drive this to work Monday to Friday because already I get a lot of pressure from uh, my family to try and uh, not be a race car driver. I, I didn't realize this, and nobody in my family mentioned this until recently, that when I drive test drive these cars, I had to be pulled aside last week and said, you know, everybody in the family talks about it, but they don't talk to you about it. You're not on a racetrack. I told you that. <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all. It depends on the car he's in, though. If I was in, you know, like the Supra or the RCF Track Edition, would you ride with we me, We flew Megan? across Kansas. Did I ask you to slow down one time? No, nope. we didn't. I think we were doing like 120. No, nope. but it oh. depends upon if it's a stick shift. I had coffee all over the front of me one time <laughs> with Nick. But this is a beautiful car. Yeah, tell us. So let's talk a little bit about the specs of the vehicle because it's uh, it's quite an upgrade from the regular RCF, right, Chad? Absolutely. So you start off with that beautiful 5-liter V8. 472 horsepower with 395 pound-feet of torque and it gets you going 0 to 60 in 3.96 seconds which just uh, puts the smile ear to ear that's for sure the one of the things is I had uh, one of our crew wanted to buy a uh, you know performance car and they test drove the Mustang bullet against the RCF and they chose the uh, the RCF, and and now I say I turn around and said, uh, maybe you want to wait for the track edition because the, this vehicle might be uh, a little bit more car than you uh, are bargaining for. 
it is a performance car through and through. Lexus, not super um, known as a performance brand, but the, you've been coming out with more and more performance cars as time has been going on and, and getting known for this sort of racetrack feel, right? Absolutely. It's all about that linear feel uh, in the vehicles that we're really focusing on, especially with this version of the RCF. Is it's, we really wanted to have a real good connection between man and machine, so to speak, with the vehicle. Like, for example, the rear differential on the track edition is an advanced limited slip differential, while on the regular RCF we do also offer a torque vectoring differential, which kind of allows the computers to decide how much torque to put to each rear wheel. What they wanted on this uh, vehicle for the track edition, the designer and... Um, and uh, Takumi Master Drivers wanted you to be in full control of the rear end of the vehicle. So all depends on how much throttle input you put in is how much fun you have going around the corner. I, uh, I, I This is a whole, you mean, you're opening up a broad uh, bunch of questions. By the way, if you could hear the groaning and the sighing through that interview, I had to turn Jen's mic off because she's looking at pictures of it right now. And I thought that somehow she got a, like a really delicious cupcake or something. I can hear all these groanings. I want cooking. this car. <laughs> it's beautiful. Want, well, maybe I'll have to trade the Camaro in for this. No. Um, <laughs> this. I think you may have to. Yeah, uh, really. Yeah. So, well, wait till you've driven it at Run to the Sun. Yeah, that's true. And then, and then, and that, then you can. Is that a carbon one. fiber hood too? Yes, it is. So you actually have carbon fiber everywhere on this vehicle, even in parts you can't even see. Carbon fiber hood, carbon fiber roof front splitter, side splitters, rear diffuser. You also have the rear brace behind the back seat is all carbon fiber, including the actual bumper support bar that helps you uh, in the rear of your vehicle. That's actually carbon fiber uh, integrated with aluminum. And it's all about weight savings in this vehicle. Uh, give you most out of this car as you need when you're driving it, whether it's to work or on the track. So let's let's talk about the painful part because I'm oh, sure actually. this isn't going to be cheap. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it's not too bad. Right. Let's talk about money. Yeah, so the RCF Track Edition you're looking at. First off, find one out of the 50 um, that are available across the U.S. and it's just over ninety-six thousand mm. dollars. Well, that's not bad. I mean, you know, I could have an LC if I can't get the RCF Track Edition. It's about the... Uh, Which is an unbelievable vehicle itself. Right. But, I mean, it, it's, you know, like... So this, so why 50? Because that seems like... Is it going to be 50 a year, or is it just 50, period? So for this year, we do have 50. Uh, moving forward, we always are looking at where uh, the demand is and what people are looking for. Um, the 50 units was looking at the manufacturing behind this vehicle um, to where we think that this resides in the U.S. Because uh, painstakingly, everything on this vehicle, right down to the exhaust, the attention to detail over the regular RCF is just to a whole new level. The exhaust system, for example, is actually all hand put together and hand built um, without machines. And at some point in the future, if we put enough pressure on you, like calling your home number, Chad, you will you might, you know, talk to Lexus about building maybe some more of these. Because are they all sold out already? Uh, that I'm not 100% sure if they're completely sold out. I do know the ones that have already arrived are all sold. We right. still have some coming in through the end of the year. However, one gentleman um, actually here in Dallas, um, he actually bought two of them because he loved it so much. Oh, 
Well, that's greedy. Can't he just share the love? Uh, if you want to see videos of this car, by the way, uh, there are some online, uh, and it is pretty phenomenal. Um, and I know that uh, obviously you're going around the country, uh, sort of showing it off. We'll get w one of these test drives coming up here soon in the northwest uh, of the United States, which is where our uh, our radio show is broadcast out of uh, to the whole United States. Uh, at this point, could you possibly go and build one out of parts, or uh, you know, if I wanted to order everything could i do that or is it going to be almost impossible to recreate this so as far as recreating it this is a special design built right from the manufacturer so there's some a lot of parts that you'd have to replace a lot all right um <laughs> if you had the standard rcf to go to this version um it would take you uh quite a while <laughs> all right i'm just you know i'm thinking of workarounds in case i get hosed and don't get one well, there you go. Well, we're going to test drive one. We're I know, soon, we're going to test so drive one. We'll uh, have to talk about it. Chad DeShane sure. from uh, Lexus College, thank you for joining us today and um, making you know making us drool over the new RCF Track Edition. If you want one, of course, uh, Lexus.com is where you'll go see them. And uh, they're just under $100,000. probably want to get your checkbook out. Uh, I might be in line for this, Jen. I might be in line. Coming up, <laughs> Anton Woolman. You're listening to the R Auto Expert Podcast. Welcome back to the show, a locally created Nashie Celebrated, ourautoexpert.com, and uh, a bit of a, a coup here on the show. Uh, Indy races, of course, traveling around the country, and uh, we have the opportunity uh, to speak to Sebastian Bourdais, who is uh, the, one of the race car drivers in the Indy team. Sebastian, I uh, understand you're at the track today. Yeah, we're in uh, St. Louis uh, racing tonight under the lights at the uh, um, Gateway. So um, it was a bit of a too loud of an environment for a little bit uh, to call you guys. So I was, uh, I was a bit behind. Have you? Uh, do you have to wear uh, hearing protection when you're in the vehicles because it's so loud? Uh, well, we have uh, earpieces because we have to have the, the microphones in them so they can talk to us. But uh, yeah, you you would put something to insulate your ears, otherwise. Uh, you would lose uh, hearing pretty rapidly for sure. Right. So tell me a little bit about uh, how you're doing in this season because uh, you are you, you have some good points going into the next races. Uh, you're doing pretty well. Uh, has it been a good season for you? Uh, it, it's been a bit of an average season for that uh, CL Master Honda number uh, 18 uh, with Delcoin Racing and Vassar and Sullivan. We, uh, we, we've shown some speed and, and uh, just couldn't quite always put it together during races for one way or another um so you know the the good thing is that uh, we had a great day yesterday and qualified second here at uh, st louis so uh, hopefully uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna bring that thing home and uh, score some strong points tonight i like that that's t positivity that's pretty awesome now you, we, we're uh, we're excited about you coming to portland to the indy races in portland very soon um how much of it is the car that you rely on because a lot of times if if we can't get the car quite right and you're driving for honda or you're driving a honda uh how much of this is dependent on the car and how much is dependent on luck in the race well, it's it's a it's a big equation, right? I mean, it's never one factor over another. It's it's a combination of uh, the team getting uh, and the team and the driver getting the car set up right, and uh, and the uh, engine manufacturer just giving you the the best uh, performance. We we've, we've been very uh, lucky with Honda doing a great job for us. Um, 
And uh, yeah, we, we had a really strong uh, weekend last year at uh, at Portland, uh, finishing on the podium. So uh, we, uh, you know, things uh, things will keep uh, shaping up the way they have for me uh, in the Northwest. I have a question for you. What is your favorite track out of all the Indy races? Uh, honestly, uh, it's the one where the car actually does. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, awesome. You know, we're very fortunate. Uh, we we have a great schedule and, and a lot of awesome places. Um, I mean, Road America is, is you know one that comes to mind always. Um, just beautiful, natural, long, high elevation changes. You know, and uh, a bit of everything as far as low speed, high speed, medium speed corners. Uh, but you know what really, trip what, what the driver is concerned what trip know, me up really trips good. me up uh, uh, Chad what trips me up Sebastian is on on Road America is always that carousel because you never think you know you always think it's going to end before it does and I'm always positioning myself in the road as I'm going around that big corner and then coming out of it it's uh, I'm, I'm always misjudged that but that's that's one of the hardest things to do is to uh, to get that timing exactly right isn't it on those corners yeah, the carousel is, is always a, a big piece. Um, to be honest, I we had a test a couple of years ago, and, and for the very first time, you know, conditions, car, whatever, I actually went through there flat, and that was just, you know, just amazing. So uh, it was uh, one, one of the best feeling ever in a race car, like just feeling the tire just completely flex, and the, the, you could even feel the suspension in the tub just kind of working all the way through. It was uh, amazing feeling i've never had that satisfaction <laughs> of getting the tire completely flat for me it's always i'm i'm i notice i start in the right position and then i'm i'm actually get too far right always because i'm waiting for that carousel to end and for anyone that hasn't familiar is not familiar with that track it's it's basically a really 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 long turn um and i always just over anticipate coming out of it too early and, and even though you know you're not supposed to look at the turn there's nowhere else to look on the carousel because you can't see anything else but the turn so that's always a challenging one i think for every driver uh this you know this year it looks like um you you balanced the car fairly well uh to, you obviously placed on the podium last year uh or last uh, when you came to portland one of the previous times do you hopefully that you'll pace again this time do you feel good about that track coming up yeah i mean like like we were talking about um you know we had we had really uh strong performance last year uh we uh we were in the fast six we topped a couple of the practice sessions and uh, also had a massive shunt last year leading to the qualifying but mm -hmm. we won't talk about that <laughs> um, and uh and uh yeah we're just hoping that uh, we're going to be able to reproduce that. All right. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Sebastian Bourdais here is one of the IndyCar drivers. Coming up, we'll talk to uh, Anton Woolman on our auto expert. You're listening to our auto expert. Welcome back to the show. Joining us as he does every week, uh, Anton Warman is with us. Anton, so there is a new electric Porsche finally. It gets unveiled in a couple of weeks. That's right. The uh, Porsche Taycan is uh, lifting the covers on September the 4th, and uh, we will finally get to see what they've been teasing for uh, well over a year already with various performance examples for endurance and speed and 
acceleration and all that they've been providing to us in uh, sort of gently camouflaged units and uh, uh, sort of the final interior pictures are just starting to hit uh, pretty much this week. Is Have this they released g- a price? So I said that again, Megan. Have they released a price? Oh, yeah, price. No, they have not, although they've been hinting that the U.S. price is going to start somewhere in the low $90,000 range, so say 92000 or something like that. That's been sort of the hinting, but uh, really until we see the final price and what is really included in that, I think uh, I think we're just going to have to wait another week and a half for that. Is this going to be competitive enough to uh, unseat some of the existing electric cars? Well, I mean, the word that always comes to mind there is basically, will this make a dent into Tesla? And the answer is, at the same time, both a little bit of yes and a little bit of no. Uh, the Porsche Taycan is not directly competing with either a Model S or a Model 3, because on the one hand, the Taycan is a smaller interior room than either or both of those Tesla models. Yet at the same time, it is going to be starting at a higher price than the Model S, which is already starting at a fairly high price in the the mid-high 70s. So they're really selling this as more of a premium vehicle, which is going to have a far more luxurious interior and also be able to have some of those performance attributes that uh, Porsche buyers really care more about, such as the ability to repeat numerous times consecutively aggressive acceleration and to have, of course, superior handling. Uh, do you think that uh, that you know Tesla will respond to this with uh, announcing uh, you know move forward of their new performance versions, or are they just going to take it on the chin? Well, I think that Tesla probably is going to do whatever they uh, we're going to do otherwise, regardless of what Porsche does. So uh, you can divide this up into two pieces. On the one hand, will Tesla come out with some sort of new body style? And the answer to that is probably very unlikely. I don't think they have anything beyond what has already been announced, which is the Model Y. And, of course, other things that clearly do not compete with a Porsche, such as the pickup truck, which is... Uh, there is something they're going to show here in just a couple of months from now. So those things are not really uh, Porsche competitive as such. Now, inside of these vehicles, will they come up with higher performance versions with stronger motors that output more power and maybe can lower the acceleration time? I think the answer to that is yes, but uh, I don't know uh, exactly how much or when. Um, let's talk a little bit about Pebble Beach, which just happened, the Concorde Elegance, the car week down in Monterey. And one of the things that uh, VW did is they allowed journalists for the first time to drive their, drive their ID buggy, which is the sort of platform of the future electric cars that will be coming out of VW. Uh, are we seeing some of those first reports? Well, so what's going on with Volkswagen is that they have two platforms going forward that uh, will drive their electric business. Uh, One of them is the low-cost platform, which they refer to as the MEB. And this is uh, what's underpinning almost all of the Volkswagen-branded vehicles, the lowest-end Audi vehicles, all the Fiat and the Skoda-brand vehicles. And inside the Volkswagen brand, it will encompass everything from on the high end, the bus, the hippie van, as it were, all the way down to this buggy. And this will be a low-cost thing that can fairly easily be adapted to new body styles. The theory behind Volkswagen bringing out a buggy like this now, which they've never really conceived of for decades uh, since this thing was around in the 60s, if I remember correctly, uh, is that it is simply 
less costly on this type of platform to come up with a new specialty variant. So in this case, clearly something like a buggy, which doesn't have real doors or a roof, it's just a very niche vehicle, but it enables uh, Volkswagen to come out with something like that that doesn't cost too much to bring out. And uh, it's also relatively easy, given the fact that the batteries are located in a central point in the floor. So with respect to things like crash uh, standards, crumple zones, and so forth, it is not as difficult to engineer such a vehicle compared to a regular electric uh, uh, engine. All right. I mean, I'm kind of looking forward to that happening as well. Um, there are a, a few vehicles now that are, you know, sort of luxury brands that are, are pushing more towards the electric. I and mean, we've had uh, a lot of things like the Hyundai Kona electric and those vehicles coming out. But even some uh, high-end brands that are talking about futuristic uh, electric vehicles like Pininfarina um, and those, those companies, some sort of indication that Lamborghini might have something in the future uh, is is, is there a separation right down the middle? Because it doesn't seem like uh, f- sort of family cars are going to be very electric. It seems like we still have the small uh, utility vehicles and then the sort of performance end of vehicles. But there seems to be a large gap of vehicles missing in the middle. Well, I think that in the very beginning of the transition to electric vehicles, I think that is more of a coincidence than anything else. Because at the end of the day, the automakers, the volume automakers, are going to have to meet the quotas that they are being uh, forced to do by the various governments in the various regions around the world. And there's no way to meet those quotas uh, unless they essentially electrify the vast majority of the range. Maybe not every single subcategory, every single one is going to get an electric vehicle in the next three to four years. But I think it'll be very, very close. And you're going to see, for example, what Toyota showed about two or three months ago, they showed a series of family vehicles that they are going to come out with starting in uh, as soon as about two years from now, two and a half years from now. And those are d- directly geared to the center of the market, the, <clears throat> the kind of Highlander, RAV4, Camry equivalent type vehicles that are their best-selling center of market vehicles. So I don't think that that is going to be an aberration. I think that all automakers will go down that road and we know that General Motors, for example, starting in 2022, will also have a very similar lineup. And uh, uh, the fact that we don't uh, have all that many very specific examples from all the automakers quite yet doesn't mean that there aren't in the planning stages and will be coming out in this time frame. And we see Volkswagen first here imminently, Volvo, you go down the list, they're all going to be there. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with China. Uh, new tariffs announced by both sides. How is that going to affect what we see here in the United States? Well, what we see here in the United States will uh, change very, very little because we're not importing any cars today from China to the United States. The couple of models that were essentially were, were, were put on ice. I think that maybe the only model right now that is entering U.S. ports made in China is a Buick Envision, and that is... Uh, you know, just kind of the sole uh, example, Volvo moved uh, the production of their China-made cars that went to the U.S. They moved the production of those to, to Sweden in one case. And General Motors uh, killed off that uh, plug-in hybrid Cadillac that they were selling in ultra-tiny quantities until the middle of 2018. So it really, really won't change anything on this end. Where it will change is, of course, the economics of all these automakers, which uh, these were ostensibly at least uh, profit centers in terms of U.S. companies operating in China, I mean, General Motors in particular, has joint ventures with uh, Chinese 
uh, state-owned enterprises over there. And if there is a total war between the United States and China at this point, one can certainly start to question whether these joint ventures will uh, continue to exist. So this is a uh, this is a very very strange moment in history here, where on the one hand you could make the argument that you know we didn't trade with with Germany or or Italy or Japan in the middle of World War II, and that's sort of the extreme scenario. Uh, on the other hand, are we supposed to do nothing because? The Chinese have spied on and stolen intellectual property from the United States for many years. So I think we're in a very volatile situation, and I I sort of fear that it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better in this rhetoric, because the two sides appear to have locked horns at this point, and there's no obvious peace that is on the table that can be acceptable to both parties uh, at this time. Uh, you know, Trump told automakers to stop doing business with uh, Red China. Uh, are they going to do that, or can they do that? Well, of course, on paper, I mean, he has no, he has no authority, as it were, uh, just to sort of send out a tweet and sort of hear by order uh, that uh, this is going to happen. And uh, and and I just love the way he ended his tweet by saying, uh, uh, "Thank you for your for your attention to this matter." I mean, that's just outright funny. So, uh, but I think he he's basically telling uh, these uh, not just automakers but other companies as well that uh, their own notice to uh, basically start to listen more carefully to what he's been saying for, for, frankly, 40 years, long before he even thought about running for president. And that is that uh, he's very suspicious about us doing business with Red China. And uh, if you are being supplied by uh, products from there, you should probably start to diversify your supply chain, move it to Vietnam, to South Korea, to Thailand or Mexico or the U.S., best of all, right? So... He's putting them on notice and saying that uh, you should probably start to uh, disengage a little bit because uh, it's probably in your self-interest to do so. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about uh, some agreements that have come down. Ford and other automakers agreeing to California regulations recently. Yeah, this is a real head-scratcher. You may recall that in the very last weeks and months of the Obama administration, including the period between the November 2016 election and when Trump actually took office in January of 2017, that administration rushed forward uh, the new, a new set of rules for um, the fuel economy standards that essentially uh, shortcut a major review that the automakers have been promised. And the, all of the automakers in the spring of 2017, right after Trump took office, howled loudly and said, look, you've got to go back and tear up this thing and uh, put a proper review on this thing and make sure that... Uh, we can do something that doesn't add $3,000 or more to the cost of every vehicle sold in the United States. I mean, just imagine the crash in the market that would happen if every car in the United States adds $3,000 uh, to each uh, to each unit cost, and that, that's going to be devastating. So uh, uh, what happened? Well, the administration did just that, and they came out and said, look, we're going to freeze these fuel economy standards at the 2021 level. So they'll move forward for another two years with this plan that was in place, but there won't be any further increases through 2025. And now what happens is that a few automakers, including most prominently Ford, went to California and said, all right, we surrender. We're going to accept your standards, which are even higher than that. And they seem to have forgotten that they were complaining about just this uh, not even a full two years ago. So this is a major, major head-scratcher. It seems like the automakers are acting completely not in their own self-interest. And one really has to question what motives are behind this. I mean, what kind of, what kind of I don't know, if there are threats or insinuations or whatever that would cause them to, to do this. I mean, are they essentially making the calculation that Trump is going to be gone in less than two years? And at that point, if they are seen to have played 
uh, you know, in sort of into his hands, then there are going to be retributions against him by a future um, administration that was opposed to Trump. Is that the calculation? I can't really can't find any other thinking that would possibly cause them to just give up this thing and basically shoot themselves in the foot, which is really what they're doing here. All right. Uh, Anton, where can we read most of your stuff? A majority of my stuff is published on Seeking Alpha, and also you can find me on thestreet.com. All right. Anton Wallman is our independent investor and analyst, and he joins us every single week. Uh, Megan, how close are you to getting Noah a new car, your son? Well, I think it's going to be this week. You do? Yeah, we're running out of time. He's got to go off to college. I've said the last thing for the last three weeks and still haven't. I I went shopping with him one day, which was uh, great, uh, exciting, except for the girlfriend part. That was pretty painful. Oh, come on. (laughs) It was tough. Our auto expert, thanks to Megan from mummytravels.net and Jen, our truck girl, has been in the studio all day. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all the past shows, see our automotive videos, and read inside car stories on your next ride. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Until we see you next time. I love you. You're really nice. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response. Yeah.